Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. What's up, everybody? How we feeling today? It's so good. So good to see you while you're standing. Uh, just give a great hand, a great welcome to all of our first-time guests, everybody watching online. Come on, give them a good hand. So glad, so glad you're here. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together as we get into your word. Open our hearts, open our eyes. Jesus, we pray that you would be glorified in our singing. We pray that you would be glorified in our preaching. We pray that you would be glorified in our conversations, that everything that we do today is to you, it's through you, it's for you. We pray that your name would be magnified. Receive your worship, receive your honor, receive your glory today. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You guys can be seated. So glad that you're at church today. And uh, I want to invite you back next weekend. Uh, we're, we're wrapping up our collection. I'm going to get into the Word of God in just a few minutes, but we're beginning a brand new collection. If you're not familiar with our church, we, we preach in what we call collections. Uh, they're individual messages just around common themes, and so each, each message is individual, but we, we group them together in collections, and so we'll do, we'll do several collections throughout the year and preach individual messages. And next weekend, uh, we're going to get into a collection called Going Nuclear. And, and I want to talk about God's plan for family. I want to talk about God's plan for marriage. I want to talk about God's plan for gender. I want to talk about what a man is. I want to talk about a woman is. And we're just going to get in all kinds of trouble. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so fun. And, uh, and I, I want to invite you back love for everybody that's a part of our church. I feel a burden as I know it's getting real. It's getting real on your jobs. It's getting real in your kids' schools. It's getting real. And come on, when all that stuff happens, we just go to the Word of God and we just anchor deep in the things of God and God will see you through. Amen, somebody? And so I'm excited and praying and believing that it'll help a lot of people and I hope it serves I hope it serves you well. I don't do stuff for attention or because it's controversial. I do it because I have a burden and I want to serve people. And it's my job to try to direct our lives and just direct us according to the word of God. And so I pray that it helps people. Uh, the winds of culture are blowing really, really strong. And that's when you anchor deep in the word of God. Amen, everybody. And so we're gonna we're gonna try to do that. And before all of that. I want to wrap up. We started this year with a collection called The Place. I wanted to just give you some intentional places to occupy this year. It'll keep you moving in the right direction if you'll just be intentional to show up in places. And I want to get into the, the conclusion of this collection. We talked about a place called Promise and a place called Wilderness. And last week we talked about a place called Sacred and I want to go to Exodus chapter 3 today. Anybody got your heart open, ready to receive the word of God? I want to read, th- I want to read through Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to read th- three different portions of scripture. Exodus 3, 1 through 4, the Bible says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. 
And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. God is calling Moses, Exodus chapter three, verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He asked the question, who am I? Exodus three, 13 through 14. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And I want to, I want to preach a, a message today, our final message in this collection. I want to preach a message called a place called surrender. And this, this is the moment where God would call Moses, uh, that he would call Moses into his position in life and to the place that God had for him. And this is the place where Moses would eventually, after some coercion from God, Moses would eventually surrender his life. And so I was conflicted on whether to call this message a place called calling or a place called surrender. And, and I landed on surrender because God can call, but it doesn't matter until we surrender. And, and so I wanna just talk about a place called surrender. And I don't know if you know this, but I hope everyone in this room will hear this, that God has a call on your life, that a calling isn't just for a few select special people. Uh, I think sometimes we think in church terms that a calling is something that God gives for somebody who wants to be a lead pastor of a church or maybe somebody that's gonna go be, do missions or maybe somebody that feels called to lead worship. But can I just tell you, there's a call on every single person and we, we place way too much value on people that are visible. And, uh, you know, I realize uh, I say that I'm, you know, standing in front of lights and all of that stuff. But Paul, Paul said, we, we think because it's visible that it's more important. But he said, actually, some of the parts of the body that are the most important aren't the visible parts of the body. And so we need to just break the mentality that the people who are the most visible are the most important. Because there's some people that serve on this church campus you may never see. But I want to tell you, it matters more than you could ever know. No. and it's important it's important to God there's there's no unimportant task in the kingdom of God amen somebody and, and God if you don't know it whether whether you do something that is out in front of people visible or whether you do something behind the scenes there's a call of God on your life it matters it matters to the kingdom of God and I, I knew my my call from the time I was a child. I, I first experienced the call of God as a, as a child. And that there's so much that I could get into, but just to make it simple, I, I don't know why, but I just, got, I just got a no in my heart, even as a child. And there was, there was so much frustration and, and striving that I went through from a child through my teen years, like literally just frustration, striving, not knowing who I was just simply because of a, of a no. And, and, and there was a moment in my life where I encountered the presence of God and God turned my no into a yes. And I just literally had a moment this week looking back over my life and saying, God, thank you for what all you've done in my life because it's amazing what God can do with a yes in your life. And that's, that's my question. Is there, a, is there a yes to God in your life? 
Is there a yes? And here's, here's a better, maybe a, a little more direct question. And I'll come back to it in a few minutes. And that is, is there anywhere in your life where there isn't a yes? Where, where, where maybe there is a, a boundary. And I just want to tell you, we, we say yes to God. We say yes, we say yes to the will of God. We need to say yes to the will of God. How many of you know that God has a will, a purpose, and a plan? That, that God has a will. What is, what is God's will? It was for Moses to go back to a specific place and play a part in seeing people released from bondage so that they could become the people of God. That, that was the will of God. And God has a will for your life. And if you don't know it, God plants people in places for a specific purpose. And, and you're not here by accident. You're, you're not here in this region of the world by accident. You're not here in this church by accident. God has planted you for a purpose. And a lot of times we think the will of God, and, and it is sometimes, we, we always in church, we always have this thing where we make the will of God going somewhere. Like, man, you've got to go somewhere far off. And listen, that, that may be a real possibility. God may be calling you. And if that God is doing that, then we want to be the church that is sending you into the will of God. And if we have to like Jonah we'll just throw you off the boat and into the will of God but we're going to make sure you get in the will of God but I think for so many people God isn't you're, God's not trying to send you somewhere so many people he's trying to get you to realize that you need to stay somewhere and get connected to what he has for your life and get connected and God's will is always to plant people and then use our lives to be a part of a process that says I want to take people out of bondage and I want to bring them into abundance and that's what our church exists for we want to see people get released from the bondage of sin and death and get into the abundant life that Christ has for their life and find freedom and get gathered together as the people of God. And, and if you don't know it, like it's easy. There, there's some things about the specific will of God that you may have to seek out, but the general will of God is really easy. And that is just realize wherever you are, God sent you there, God planted you there, and all of us together play a part of advancing the church and advancing the kingdom of God and seeing people come to Christ. And the second thing that we say yes to is there's the will of God, but there's also what I call the way of God. We say yes to the way of God. How many of you know that God has a way? God wants to teach you his ways. Because what happens is we grow up in this world and we get well versed in the ways of the world. And then we have to get taught the ways of God. We got, we got to understand that God has a way, a way that he wants us to live as, in our lives. And, and the way that we serve him is we, we do things through his will and we do things through his way. There's an old song that says, I'll say yes, God, to your will and to your way. I'll, I'll say yes. I'll say yes to the will of God. I'll say yes to the way of God. And I, I just made a little list of things that you can say yes to. I'll, I'll, I'll say yes to worshiping express, expressively, that, that we worship God. And I want to teach you this. This isn't, this isn't something that, that we just like. This is a biblical way of worship. We worship God with hands lifted. It's like, well, it's not my personality. It, it doesn't matter. It's how God wants to be worshiped. It's how God, he's, the Bible says, let the lifting of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. Why do we lift our hands? It's because God wants to be worshiped, that men everywhere would pray with hands lifted to the air, a sign of surrender. And by the way, it's in the kingdom of God, it's a sign of victory. I'm overcoming the things that are in my life and, and, and why do we 
why do we, we clap our hands? Because the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. And then it says something else. It says, shout to God with a voice of triumph and victory. And I just believe that God wants his people to put their hands together, that when we give ovation, when we clap, it's resounding in the heavens as praise to God. And that there is a shout. Come on, there's a noise in the house of God. And it's the, it's the voice of victory. We don't come in and just live under the defeat and the heaviness of the world that there is a there is a victory in our song that we sing and we shout and we clap our hands and we express our worship to God and I think people make the mistake of thinking oh that's cultural it's not cultural it's biblical this is the biblical way that God has called his people to, to express. Listen, I'm here to worship. I'm here to declare the victory of my God. Uh, I'm here to give ovation and clap my hands and, 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 and worship God. I'll say yes to expressive worship. I'll say yes to giving generously. I'll give generously. I'll pray fervently. I'll love people freely. I'll live separately. I won't live like the rest of the world lives. I'll say, yes, God, you can, you can let my life be separate. Watch this. I'll serve the Lord joyfully. Do you say yes to serving God joyfully? That it's not heavy. It's not drudgery. That we shake off the bonds and chains of heaviness. We take off the garments of heaviness. We put on the garments of praise and say, I will serve the Lord cheerfully and joyfully. I'll choose serving and I'll choose joy and I'm just going to say all, all of those by the way and there's more but those are just the ways of God and we get versed in the ways of the world of the heaviness and the criticism and the defeat and and and, the, and and all of that but we just say yes I'll be a generous person I'll be a faithful person in prayer serving and I'm just going to let the joy of the Lord fill my life and I'm just going to say yes to the ways of God is there a yes and then we say yes to the specific call of God on our lives that God has something specific and a specific part for you to play in the kingdom of God. God had a specific role that he wanted Moses to play. He had him a part that he wanted to play. And in Exodus chapter 3, Moses would wrestle through in his life and who he was. And God God would just, it takes two chapters. If we read the whole story, we would have to read Exodus 3 and Exodus 4 because it's Moses wrestling through the nose of his life and it's God contending for his yes. And I just want to tell somebody that it is the incredible grace of God that he will just keep contending for your yes. <laughs> That God will contend for your yes. That, that when we have a no in our life, that it's the grace of God that he just keeps moving on our hearts, that he just keeps convicting us. And I want to tell you, God, God contended with me for over 10 years, from the time I was a child till the time I was about 19 years of age. And I finally allowed God to change a no into a yes. And it was his mercy all of that time, just fighting for my yes, fighting for my yes. And I want to tell you, 
tell you, God is still contending for your yes today. And it's the mercy of God. And moment after moment, year after year, some of us, decade after decade, God just still comes and visits us and say, I know you've got to know in your life, but by my mercy, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep visiting you and I'm just going to keep coming to you until there becomes a moment where a place of calling becomes a place called surrender and there's a yes. And I want to tell you, a yes will change your life. A yes will change your legacy. A yes will open the heavens over your life. A yes will release the blessing of God over your life. A yes will release you into your purpose and your fulfillment. And no will always keep you striving. It'll always keep you unsatisfied. But yes will bring you into the abundance that God has for your life. It's incredible. It's incredible what a yes does. And Moses saw a burning bush, the Bible says, and there's two things that I'm not, I'm not an expert in. It's, it's the Middle East and shepherding, but evidently seeing a burning bush in the Middle East and, and, and being a shepherd out in the desert, it wasn't a, necessarily an uncommon thing, but what was unusual was that it, the, the fire burned and it was not, the bush was not consumed. And so Moses turns aside to, to see this thing and finds out that it is, it is a God encounter, that God is encountering him in this moment. And God speaks to him from the burning bush and he says something. He says, this is a sacred space. Take, take your sandals off your feet. And if, if you weren't here last weekend or you haven't listened to the message, go back YouTube, go back and check out a place called Sacred because there's, there's some sacred places that we need to keep in our lives. And I'll, I'll tell you this, that if, if you will visit sacred places, you'll encounter some sacred moments. And, and what happens is we get inconsistent in sacred places and we miss some sacred moments with God. And, and Moses is in this, God said, this is a holy place. This is a sacred place. Take, take your sandals off. And it's a burning bush. It's a fire. And whenever you, whenever you read in the Bible and it talks about fire, it's, it's symbolic. It's symbolic of, of, of a spiritual presence, the presence of God. Like the, the manifest, what we would call tangible, like you can feel the presence of God. It's, it's, a, it's a Holy Spirit energy. I love in, in the New Testament, the word spirit is, is the word pneuma and it means breath, winds. It actually means energy. Come on, can, have you ever just stepped in and felt that Holy Spirit energy in your life? And just that, that energy, it's, it's the passion with the fire of God, the, 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 the fire of God that consumes us, that fuels us. That's what fire is. It's a, it's a combustion, it's a, it's a fuel. It, it's this thing and Moses is having this moment in a sacred spirit space that he's encountering this presence of God and and I I just want you to understand that it's it's symbolic of what God wants to do in all of our lives in fact the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 let's talk about the day the church was born the Bible says when the day of Pentecost arrived they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind there's the pneuma there's the energy and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided 
tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Can I tell you today that there are things that happen in the house of God that don't happen anywhere else? That there, there are moments that if you'll be in sacred places, that there'll be sacred moments in your life. That there are things that happen in prayer. When you go to your prayer closets, there's things that God wants to speak to you when you get when you honor sacred places when you stand in worship and you engage God in worship can I tell you that there's just moments that God has for you and I want to encourage somebody to keep showing up in sacred places that in sacred places God begins to encounter you it was in a sacred place in a worship service like this where or I had a moment with God that changed my no into a yes that literally changed the direction and the legacy of my life and what the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 is there were 120 people and there were 120 flames, which means the the bush burning in the desert wasn't just a Moses thing, that God's got an encounter, God's got a word, God's got a touch, God's got a moment, God's got an anointing, God's got a call. There, There was 120 people and there wasn't 115 flames and five people didn't get a call of God. I want to tell you, every person gets a flame in their life. God's got a touch. God's got a call. God's got an anointing. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a plan for you. And if you don't know it yet, there's a flame for your life. There's a Holy Spirit moment. There's a Holy Spirit energy. There's a place of passion and outpouring that God has for your life. And and some of you may know it and some of you may not know it, but I pray you encounter sacred moments. Come on, in sacred places. And if God's already spoken to you, my prayer for you today is that God will rejuvenate it. God will revive it. It's the incredible thing that God has. He can take something he spoke 20 years ago and he can refresh it. And it's like he just spoke it to you fresh and new. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the the empowerment of God on who you are. That's how God works. And and yes is so important because if you don't, this was this is so important to understand is that God's will has to work in cooperation with our will. God God works in cooperation with our will. It, it matters whether or not we have faith. Amen. Somebody. It matters whether or not we obey the word of God. It matters the things that we do because God's going to work in cooperation with our will. That's why yes is so important. That it's our yes that brings us into alignment with God's will and God's plan, with his ways. And it's that yes that matters. We could could spend so long talking about all the things that we wrestle through to get ourselves to align with God's will in all the different areas of our lives. Because if we're honest, we may have a big yes in one area of our lives and there might be a big no in another area of our lives. And there's different reasons. We could spend a long time, but I want to give you two common struggles. And it's just right out of the story. Moses struggled to say yes to God. And, And you see two of the common ones in this portion of scripture that we read, the first one is, is just simply insecurity. Moses' words to God when God comes, I mean, <laughs> God's speaking to him from a burning bush and Moses is pushing back. It's amazing how we can push back when God, God is showing up in our lives. 
And Moses says these words. He says, who am I? Who am I? And he just, he's filled with insecurity. He's got, he's got a, a, a speaking disability. Moses wasn't able to form his words eloquently. He, he, God comes and in his idea, a leader needed to be somebody who could speak eloquently. And, and so he's, he's, he's discounting himself. Who, who am I? Because of his inability to be eloquent and, and speak well and what God's calling him to do doesn't fit what he thinks that he is. And he asks God, who am I? And I want you to notice something. And this is really, really important. God, God didn't come around Moses and try to give him a pep talk. He didn't come around to Moses and be like, come on, Moses, you're the man. Come on, come on. You're, you're the man. I, 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 God, I, I was nervous to come talk to you because you're, you're, you're the man. You're so important. He, God didn't get a mirror and tell Moses, like, look in this mirror and say you're pretty. Say it, say it. And Moses is like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. And he just has an ugly cry moment. And like, God, God, God doesn't do any of that stuff. He doesn't do any of that stuff. God redirected his words. When Moses said, who am I? God said, I am who? That he just took the words and reframed them. You're asking, who am I? I'm telling you, I am the who. I am who I am. I am the one who is going to be able to do in your life and through your life what you never could have done. And, and we, don't, we don't transform. Like the process is transformation. We don't transform by focusing more on us. We transform by focusing more on Jesus, by getting our eyes off of us and getting our eyes on Jesus. And Paul, Paul is unpacking the life of Moses in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And he says this, he says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Spirit, from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is an old school church phrase, but everybody needs to know it. We become what we behold. That if you will just behold, something you will become something and it doesn't work anywhere else it doesn't work anywhere else it's the power of the spirit of God and it is a work of grace in your life because there's lots of things that you can behold and you will never become you can buy a fitness magazine and you can behold all the fitness models and you can just stare at them for months and you can look at their abs and then you can look at your abs and you can realize they have abs we do not have abs like if you want that you're going to have to go out diet exercise be in the gym you're going to have to work to get it we can buy a wealth magazine and we can look at the guy in the three-piece suit and man, man look at the French cuffs and the cufflinks and the luxury car and the private plane and, and we can stare at that but if you want that you're going to have to go out and start a job and create a business and go earn it but it's only the grace of God that says if you'll just keep looking at Jesus if you'll just keep your eyes fixed on him the work of grace is that you don't have to work for it that the Holy Spirit come on we begin to transform you that it's not about us that it's not about that it's one degree of glory to another degree of glory that I'm just being transformed process little by little and more by more if I can keep my focus on Jesus I'm going to become what I behold that God is going to change me and I believe it's a message for somebody today who's struggling with insecurity get your eyes off yourself get it on Jesus stay in this room stay in faith listen why do we gather in this room and sing worship 
worship because if I can just keep my eyes on Jesus, I'm going from one degree of glory to another. Why do I need one more sermon from the word of God? Because if I can keep my focus on him, I'm getting better and I'm getting better little by little and more than more. And I may have made some mistakes, but come on, we're moving forward in God. Keep beholding because you're becoming. And here's the second common challenge that people face to, to yes, and it's just inadequacy. Moses goes through a whole list of, of things in Exodus chapter four, verses one through two. He's still, God is still contending for his yes. And Moses is working through the nose in his life. Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a staff. The, the words of Moses essentially are, I, I, I'll never be effective. Can I ask you this question? Do you believe what you do has an impact? I think one of the greatest lies of the enemy is to belittle people, to make them feel ineffective because he knows the power of your yes. He knows the power of your yes. Just to make you feel like prayer doesn't matter because he knows the power of your prayer. Make you belittle worship in your life because he knows the power of your worship. Get you cynical about generosity because he knows the power of your generosity. Get you cynical about serving. It's just a machine, churches, yada, yada. Yeah, because he knows what happens when a group of people get together and serve the Lord. Like, there's, there's no wonder that he sows... He sows all of this into our lives to get people to feel like they don't matter. It's because he knows the moment that you say yes to God that he can't stop what God's going to do in your life. And, and he, just, he just puts that ineffectiveness. And Moses, Moses was a shepherd. And he's on the backside of the desert. If you have ever studied the life of Moses, Moses lived 120 years. His life is broken up into three forties, 40 years in Egypt, 40 years serving Jethro, 40 years leading Israel into the promised land. And he, he's firmly stuck in the backside of the desert. He's a shepherd. He's made some mistakes that probably has caused him to think that he, he, he can't do what God is asking him to do. So God goes through this little exercise with him. And Moses is a shepherd. He's got, he's got a shepherd's staff that he would use to guide the sheep and do his work. And God says, throw, throw the shepherd's staff on the ground and it, it turns into a snake. And Moses is like, that's cool. And then God says, pick up the snake. And Moses is like, that is not cool. That is not, come on, it's one level of faith to see it turn into a snake. It's another level of faith to take up the snake and believe it's going to turn into a, a staff. And, and, and God is just teaching him this, that I don't need you to get something you don't have. I can use who you are and I can use what you have to do everything that I want to do in your life. And I just want to promise you that if you will give God your yes, you don't need to get something. You don't need to get all of this stuff. God's going to take your yes and you're going to receive his strength to give you the ability to do incredible things. And all Moses had was this sign that said, I'm stuck on the backside of the desert, that I'm just a shepherd. And God said, I'm going to take what you have in your hand and I'm going to put my anointing on it. I'm going to put my 
spirit on it. And it was that shepherd's staff that would bring the Pharaoh to his knees and release people out of bondage. It was that shepherd's staff that he would stretch out and the Red Sea would part and people would walk across on dry ground going to their freedom. I promise you, whatever it is, whatever offering you have, whatever little gift you have, whatever little talent you have, if you'll say yes, God will give you his strength and he'll do miracles through your yes. God will do incredible things. You have everything you need. You have everything you need. Not because of who you are, come on, but because of who our God is. Moses goes from an insecure leader with a disability and an occupation as a shepherd to becoming a tremendous leader that led people to to freedom. And it's incredible because when God does this, he is connecting Moses to what he was born to be. For 40 years, his identity had been shaped by being born and raised in Pharaoh's house in Egypt. For 40 years, it's marked by probably all of the conversations that he's rehearsed because of of what happened when he left Egypt. And now God is doing something. He's taking him back. And he's saying, Moses, do you you not remember the circumstances of your birth? (laughs) That you were, your life was preserved? That you were put in a basket? That that your name means drawn out? That you were drawn out to be a leader? That you were drawn out to be who God has called you to be? And I just promise you, there's sacred places and there's sacred moments where God begins to unpack everything that you've ever said about your life because you were born to be something. And when God calls you, what He's calling you isn't to be more of what you are, but to be more of what He intended for you to be in your life. And there's so many of us that we're, we're, we're We're so inundated with what they said. We're so inundated with what we've said. We forgot that what God said about who we are. And I just want to remind you that God knew who you were when you came into the world. And that when God calls you, sometimes it doesn't make sense because we're looking at the lens of our life through what people have said. We're looking at the lens of our life through what we've said. And when God calls us, He's saying, I'm not worried about what they said. I'm not worried about what you said. I'm remembering what I said when I drew you out and I put you into this world that God will redeem your your yes is redeeming your life God is taking you back to his purpose taking you back to his plan taking you back to his identity it'll change the narrative of your life come on would you stand on your feet all across the room what did God say I want to encourage you keep showing up keep showing up in prayer Keep showing up in worship. Keep showing up in the Word of God. Keep showing up in some worship music in your car. Keep showing up nights of prayer. Keep showing up in together groups and freedom groups. Keep showing up. Because if you'll show up in sacred places, there's going to be some sacred moments in your life. And, And here's the incredible thing is sometimes there's these sacred moments but even if maybe the heavens don't open and you don't hear an audible voice from God can I tell you what happens when you show up in those places you're just going from one degree of glory to another degree of glory you're going further in your life come on can I encourage somebody you're getting better you're moving forward 
I believe somebody's getting stronger today. I believe somebody's getting better today. I believe somebody's breaking free today. I believe somebody's going to look a little more like Jesus than when they walked in today. I believe somebody's getting their focus fixed and their eyes on Jesus. I just want to encourage you, a yes can change your life. Would you say yes to God? Would you say yes to His will? Would you say yes to His way? Would you say yes to the call of God on your life? I just want to spend a moment. Can we spend a moment in the presence of God? Here's the question. I just want to, I want to let God, I want to let God contend with us for a little bit. Is that all right? Is there any place in your life where there's a, where there's a no? Where maybe God is contending with you? Come on, all across this room, would you stretch your hands in the air, Jesus? We give you our, we give you our surrender. We give you our surrender today. We give you our surrender, God. If there's any place where there's a no, would you can, by your mercy and your grace, would you contend with this? Would you, would you convict us? Would you, would you take, would you take your heavenly spotlight? Would you shine it on our lives in your grace and mercy and just say, this is an area that I want to go to work, that this is an area that I want to lead you in. Come on, all across this room, all across this room, I pray God speaks to you. I pray God speaks to your life. I pray that God refreshes, refreshes a word, refreshes a vision, refreshes a calling. God, do your work in this place today. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Come on, all across this room, I want to give you an opportunity to just say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never said yes to a relationship with God. Can I tell you just a simple yes will change your life? Or maybe you've been in a relationship with God and for whatever reason there's there's a no there. I, I believe this. I believe in the presence of God right now that the Holy Spirit is sweeping through this room and He is contending for your yes. He moves in our hearts and our lives. Releasing the spirit of adoption. Releasing the invitation. And can we believe that this is somebody's place of surrender today? Where we give God our Yes. And that yes will change your life. It'll change your legacy. It'll change your eternity. It'll open the heavens over your life. You'll see mountain moves. Come on, all across this room, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And as we pray this prayer, let, let's let this be our yes to God today. If you've never received Christ, if you've never said yes to a relationship with God, or if you need to refresh your yes in this room, Come on, we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer together. Everybody in the room is going to pray the prayer, but somebody's given God their yes today. You ready, Coast Life family? Let's pray this. Lord Jesus, we surrender. We give you our hearts. We give you our lives. Forgive us of our past. Wash away our sins. We receive you as our leader and our Lord. You have my yes. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Could we give Jesus a great praise in the room today? I feel some Holy Spirit energy in this room. I love it. I, I, I feel some faith rising. 
I feel some yeses in this place. And listen, if you just prayed that prayer with me, if you just said yes to Jesus, yes to a relationship with God, whether for the first time or a recommitment, I'm going to count to three. If you're watching online, when I get to three, I just want you to type Jesus in all caps. That's your yes in this room when I get to three. If you're saying yes to a relationship with Jesus, maybe for the first time or a recommitment. When I get to three, would you just shoot your hand in the air? That's going to be your yes. That's going to be your declaration. This is going to be your moment of saying, come on, I'm surrendering to the call of God. I'm moving forward in the things of God. You ready, Coast Life family? I'm believing this is somebody's day. I believe this is a sacred moment in somebody's life. On the count of three, one, two, if that was you, three. Come on, would you shoot your hand up? Goodness gracious. My goodness. My goodness. It's incredible. Come on, let's give God some praise. Say welcome to the family of God. Hey, thank you for joining us, and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible, and you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening, and God bless you.